If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. I'm Tom Vassell. It's me, Rotto. We are glad you're with us today. Corner to Corner this is the last Corner to Corner, I think, for the month of May in the fastest year of my life. You could have um, put a nice dramatic pause in there and really given everybody a bit of a fright. This is the. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry. Let me redo that then. Uh, the joke doesn't work. Uh, as always, folks, uh, as we start out here, if one of us is louder than the others, let me know and I'll adjust microphones accordingly. All right. So, hey, oh, wow. A small game in front of you today. Oh, yes. I this see 3D glasses. Yes. Oh, and they work it, really well. They really make the game pop. But the design on this, which is called Deadeye, uh, is done such that if you don't have glasses or you don't like them, the art still works because it's this alien planet where there's just kind of a rainbow haze over everything. But then when you put them on, boom, it just comes to life. And I, I, I really like it a lot. I, I said yes to covering it because I just really wanted to try these out. But the game itself is really good, too. Kind of a Mad Max, post-apocalypse, always driving to outrun obstacles. Solo game, actually. All right, so I'm louder than you. All righty, well, that's easy enough to fix. Yeah. All righty. Well, stop whispering. That's not <laughs> we'll, we'll do a whole show where we just whisper the whole time. <laughs> and then suddenly... Our, our, what's it, our ASMR episode. And then suddenly we scream halfway through, like Haydn's <laughs> Surprise Symphony. Uh, no. I don't think people would appreciate that. No. <laughs> uh, well, what a week, what a day. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm at the point now. I know that we, we have often in the past, we've complained about a lack of new, uh, I'm sorry, that there's just too many games coming out. Uh-huh. But now I could use a few new ones, I think. I mean, I still got a lot of cool new games coming out. In fact, I was just saying, I just played some very fantastic games this past week. Two games oh, yeah? that are in running for top 10 of the year already. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, Did you drop any kind of hint there? Well, one of them, the review goes up later this week, and it's a cooperative game. Uh, and the other is a competitive game, but it's a, it's a Kickstarter, so that's good. Yeah. That's, All right. that's very oblique, I suppose. Very. But, um, that was uh, really kind of useless hints. You're not very good at hint dropping. I'll, I'll tell you after the show, actually. Okay, um, I'll wait patiently. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, have, like, I used to get four or five boxes of games a day. Yeah. Now I'm getting one, one box every three days, it seems. So that's a, a quite a drop, but I'm sure things will pick up. I know that I'm I'm hearing rumblings that in June, like production will be back in full swing. So, really? Okay. Well, we'll see. You know, it's interesting because you know how sometimes Rado, you you get bummed out because like if you don't go to Essen and then you see all the games there, you might get them before Essen now. That's a good point. Yeah, since both Gen Con and Essen are shut down, that's my big question. Is I mean, those are the two big release super drop times. I mean, I assume publishers have those in their schedules. They need to go ahead and drop all that stuff anyway, even without the huge boost they get from those conventions. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just they kind of like having that one place to be like, here it is, and there's yeah. so much buzz. Now that yeah. we're not wrapping around the conventions, you can make your big buzz any time of the year. So maybe we'll see a more spread release this year. That's that. That's not bad at all. I mean, no, that's it's actually kind fascinating. Of like the uh, evolution of TV. When you and I were growing up, it was always, "Hey, it's the new fall season, all the new shows." And then you know, through the summer months, it's just all doldrums and there's nothing. But these days, with the rise of streaming and Netflix, there's new shows coming on all the time. You know, you so know what? Maybe... I like that better. I like yeah. the steady stream rather than the one big thing. Yeah, that's a really good. Man, wouldn't that be cool if board games did that? I would like that better, I think. Because yeah. right now it's kind of like, Gen Con. Okay, oh, all these new games. Which ones do I review first? Uh, and then and then Essen and Christmas yep. and then uh, March and April, which is the, and then the lowest dull. months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All righty. We say that, of course, in the knowledge that there are 
tens of thousands of good games that exist already. So, yes. Alrighty, well, as always, folks, if you've not seen Rado before, he comes from his own channel, Rado Runs Through, fantastic channel about how to play games. He runs through them and shows you not only how to play the game, but what it's like to make decisions during the game. That's yep, a that's reasonable explanation, right? Yep. Yeah. So what we do first on here is always we take a look at a board game geek mechanism. We're going through them in alphabetical order. We're done with A's. And now we're at one that had I not read the description, I would not have known what it meant. <laughs> they really bury the lead in this one. Bias. What right, would you have so, guessed that would mean? I would have meant the game allows like one player to do better than the rest. That's what I, I was thinking that's what something I, like that. Or I was thinking maybe it's some kind of negotiation offshoot or something like that, that I can try to engender bias amongst my opponents. But no, no, not even remotely. Well, you know what, though? That's the thing, though. This word is a neutral word, but we tend to put a negative connotation on it. You know, like someone is biased for a specific type of person, usually, or, or something. Against, yeah. uh, or against, right. And no, this You can't is, trust them because they're biased. Therefore, bias is implicitly bad. Yeah. Right. But here in bias, we have uh, it's your basically it says pieces automatically move in a certain direction or it's easier to move in a direction. It's commonly used to simulate wind, currents, gravity, conveyor belts and stuff like that. And when I read that, I thought I didn't know this was a mechanism, but I like it. I really like this mechanism. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so it says there's only 15 games. I, I already know this isn't true. I know there's more yeah, this games. This is another one where, hey, uh, uh, you know, two years ago, Board Game Geek had no concept of this. And then when Jeff comes along with his new uh, classifications of stuff, I mean, it'll take a few years before this is properly populated because this is such a cool, wonderful notion that gets used a lot. In fact, if you guys could think of games that aren't on this list at the end, let us know and we'll talk about them. So that yeah, uh, I've got one big one, a huge oversight that I think is maybe, from my mind, the best example of this period. But we'll talk about what people have noted so far. All right. Well, obviously, the first here we have is Robo Rally, and this is the conveyor belts in Robo Rally, and also the yep. gears that will spin your robots. And they could be very deadly, or they could be helpful, and you have to take them into account. It the the game would be a lot more boring without them. Yeah. You know this constant thing. Yeah, I know uh, some people vehemently hate Robo Rally because of those conveyor belts and the unpredictability, but that's where the fun comes from. You know, uh, yeah. well, actually, I guess the unpredictability comes from your opponents um, pushing you onto or off the conveyor belt that you work so hard to get to or stay away from. Yeah. Then we got Max versus then number two. Yeah, Max versus Minions, which is a really interesting one um, because th in this game, it's not replicating gravity or currents or wind. It's just um, trying to simplify and streamline um, an army of automated monsters that are here to destroy us because from all directions on all the modular boards there's just wave after wave of guys and they have very simple directives always move forward always move although there are things that mix that up but it's excellent and i'm not i'm not sure though this is the same category because if this is the case then any automated dungeon crawl would count for this well but, I mean, usually automated dungeon crawls have some kind of rules specifically that enemies follow, and they often break that up, or they don't stay on a given path. They, well, I'm just going to move the shortest path to get to the nearest enemy. Mechs versus Minions is a bit different in that you could imagine every single one of those little guys being on a conveyor belt. All they're going to do is move forward. And okay. a big part of the game is manipulating them and trying to shake them up because there's too many to fight kind of a thing. All right. Then we have Niagara, which won the Spiel des Jahres, actually. Um, and this is you're in a river heading towards waterfalls, trying to collect yep. gems. Yep. So if you don't do anything, your boat will keep moving. The yes. Adventurer's Temple of Shock, that at one is point in this... Is that the one you this, love or is that the follow-up? That's the one I love, but this there, there's one point you get in a river and the river can push you along. But it's... Oh, I thought they meant the boulder. Uh, that's true. The boulder, maybe. That boulder is following a path, and it will not deviate from that path, and it will go automatically. It's that's basically true. Indiana Jones, um, you know, that, the opening scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, where everybody's trying to escape from a temple with rolling boulders and stuff like that, right? Yeah, okay. Primordial Soup, to me, is one of the best versions of this. Have you played this game? No, I have not. It's from 1997, Tom. How old do you think I am? <laughs> 
Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> you had to think about that. I actually think you would enjoy this one quite a bit. Oh, uh, okay. oh maybe not. There's a bit of take that and I forgot about that. Ah. Uh, you can. Do you like Evolution? I love Evolution and it breaks my heart that it has too much take that in it for our taste because Never it's mind, so then. brilliant. Okay, so then you would feel the same way about Promoter Soup. Oceans, the sequel that just came out this year, wow, destroys Evolution. Oceans is I, so good. But that has nothing to do with this topic, but... No, but Primordial Soup, you have all these different amoebas. They're floating around, and there's a direction they'll move in. So you have to figure out, since you're being forced to move in a direction, are you going to try to evolve to go in a different direction? Or you're going to start eating other amoebas of the other players right. or other things that you can do to evolve around food? Really? I had no idea. That actually sounds really cool. It is, except for the part where you can eat other people's amoebas. So there's that. Now, that being said, you can keep spawning new amoebas, so it's not the end of the world. Your amoebas yeah. die all the time in this game anyway, so another player eating them isn't the worst. For me, when another player eats my amoeba, it's not so much that they ate my amoeba, it's that they're survived. That bothers me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then there's a lot of games here that I don't know very much about. Octopus Garden, Perry Road in the Cosmic League. I played that. I, didn't, I don't remember enough about it. I'm, I literally, I'm sorry to say whoever designed and published this, I have also played it many years ago, and I do not remember much about it. I think it was a pick-up and deliver game where the entire galaxy is referenced by a single scale, and I move up here to this planet, then I move down here to this planet, and then up and down. I think it was something like that. I don't remember the automated movement It was movement something of it. like that. Yeah, I don't remember either, so. Alrighty. So, give me the one that... Sorry, that Perry Rodan fans. <laughs> we let you down. Eric Summer likes it. Um... So what's the go. game that, that was obviously missed? Let's see. Okay. I, got, I, I wrote four down that people said. So let's see. What All you, right. If you... <clears throat> well, I, I, the more I thought about it, I've got two. The big one, though, is Kepler 3042, um, which oh, was not... published recently by or Renegade picked it up. Here's the thing. It's a, uh, a space colonization exploration game where, of course, right. we start out on Earth and we have to send our ships out to the far reaches of the galaxy and set up colonies and stuff like that. And the thing I love about that game is you spend a lot of your time dealing with the economics of the situation, building your ships and, and getting them going. But once you launch a ship, it starts going in the direction, in the vector that you set, and it continues on its own for the next four, five, six rounds, and you don't have to do anything with it. It actually in a way that I can't think of any other board game more properly represents the science of deep um, interstellar travel because, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Millennium Falcon just wouldn't keep burning its engines forever. Sooner or later, you stop because you're going fast enough and you can just drift. That's the point of space. And uh, it's really a cool feeling. You, you get, get all the stuff up, you launch, and now I know... I, I can figure it out. In five turns, it will reach the planet. And so I've got five turns to be prepared for that. But the ships are, you know, and multiple players do this. And we just send our ships off like arrows that just fly out into the galaxy. And I thought that was so cool. Um, I really liked it a lot. And I, 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 there's no choice about it. It's We, as the players, get to choose what the bias is. But once you launch those ships, they're on their own. Okay. What's your other one? Uh, the other one... Um, I don't know. This one maybe is a stretch. I love Legends of Andor, and it's another thing where monsters are coming in, and the monsters have to follow paths. You know, they've got very clear paths, and um, it's all about you manipulating them on the paths, you know, forcing them to skip steps or jump from one branch to another. Um, that And the thing is, they will automatically move every round like clockwork. They always just move to the next step. Um, you know, and a big part of the game is untangling the spaghetti of sometimes ones are faster than others, so they hopscotch over each other. Um, but a big part of that puzzle is managing a whole bunch of creatures with a very specific bias. Okay. What the well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of games about that, like Project Elite. The enemies come in and... You know, there's a lot of games Project where the monsters Elite, yes, move. Would, oh, man, I can't wait. Project Lead is almost here, Tom. It is? Wait a minute. Yes. Co a cool mini or not, I, I believe people are starting, you know, the new second edition from, uh, from Come On. It's, 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 it's here. It's here very, very soon. I've been I'm waiting for it. I'm going to play it years. live. I'm going to play it live. Okay. Anyhow. Oh, that's excellent. Um, if I were there, I would come and play it with you. I love that game so much. All right. So here's what people said. So this right. is... The minorest of spoilers, it's not really a spoiler, folks, because they show it in the previews. And that's the expansion to Seventh Continent. Oh. In the expansion for Seventh Continent, at one point, you're on a raft going down a river. 
That's not yes. a spoiler, really. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the river keeps you moving. Um, yeah. It's a good one. Chocolate Factory has the stuff moving down a conveyor belt. That's true. I guess any conveyor belt game then, wouldn't it? Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's not like, oh, we have to flip a switch and things go. Things go on their own, and you're just trying to manipulate that. That's a good point. Then the, the one I was surprised I didn't even think of was Zulkin. Yes, yes. The gears move, right? You yeah, can't do yeah. anything about it. Like literal <laughs> clockwork. You have no choice. Once you put that guy on there, he's on his way. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. And then some people mentioned Selenia Black An- and Black Angel. Both of them, the board is constantly scrolling. Oh, how did I not think of that? Well, so I didn't think of it either. It's it's obvious the when you know. The entire board is one gigantic conveyor belt, and it's awesome in both those games. We are giving you folks so much geek gold, all right, that you can go <laughs> get. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, that's easily seven geek gold you will earn if you go and add all those to the database. Because Board Game Geek is our database. It's the Wikipedia of board games. Somebody uh, go get one, that gold. The one I would mention would be... Um, this is a war game, Battleground Fantasy Warfare. Uh, this is a, a miniatures game. They're on cards I've talked about before. But you write an order on that card, and it just keeps following that order until you change it and do something else. Really? Yeah. You physically write on the cards? Well, they're erasable marker-type cards. Okay. So you actually, that's a programming game where you give them a script to run? Yeah. That's basically, you really say, cool. close combat. Well, what it does is it... it, it it basically says, as a commander of an army, you cannot give exact orders to all your stuff all the time. It's just not possible. You know, you basically say, hey, I want you guys to go until you get within range and fire your arrows. And they'll do that. And they will continue to do that until you tell them to do otherwise. I, I, I like, like that, that concept. A lot. Yeah, it That's works really, really cool. well. Does it oh, have yeah. a solo mode? Probably not, because it's an open It does game. not. That I know. Oh. Someone has mentioned wow. Rum and Bones. I forgot about that. Every... Every MOBA game. Yes. Every yeah, MOBA yeah, game has this in it. MOBA game, yeah. Is all the little, whatever they call them, the mobs, just move on their conveyor belts and we try to surf those waters. That's a good point. I Somebody's say, asking, what is Geek Gold? Um, Hans, do a search for Rado Geek Gold on uh, Google. I did a whole video on it. It's awesome. There's a lot of people don't know just what you can do with Geek Gold on Board Game Geek. Um, you can turn it directly into games if you want. So it was currency before Bitcoin was even thought of. Yes, it's the precursor <laughs> to Bitcoin. <laughs> it's just not as volatile. So <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That is yeah. our me- mechanism, and I'm really glad this one came up. This is what I like going through because some of the mechanisms we talk about were like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, worker placement, blah blah blah. This was a yeah. neat one to see. I thought. Yeah. Th- yeah, great job on Jeff for pointing this out. That's a, I, I think that's a unifying thread that a lot of games leverage, but nobody ever identified. So I think, I think this is him you know, firing on all cylinders. Well job, Jeff. And um, fellow contributor who we don't remember, you know, who was Jeff's partner in all of this. I got, I got to look that up so we can stop doing that. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, we'll let's just call this to... direction until you find it out. Or Ms. X, right. I suppose. Top five list. Here we go. You guys give us some selections for a top five list. I'll pick four of those. Give them over to Rado. He'll pick one of those, and then we will argue. And uh, Rado will pick a very esoteric one and say, this has to be the list. Please give it to me. And then I'll say, fine, because <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Are you saying we're kind of falling into a repetition? Are we, are we and developing? I always say, it, I think it's my 2 o'clock mood is what it is for me, because it's 2 in the afternoon here. And at this point in the day, I'm kind of like, I've already done all the stuff that you're like, got to get this done. And, yeah, meh. Oh, okay. That's a long one. Let me write that down there. You're very kind not to actually call out which ones are the meh. You just let it go. So no uh, one has to feel singled out. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. That was a hard one to write down. All right, let me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, I don't know if that one's possible, but I'll write it down here. Let's see here. Ooh. Um, 
Oh, no. Some of these are like – some of these folks are too big, too big. Mm-hmm. You know, like someone said top two-player games. You know, that's – you know, that's that's way too big of a category. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll write that one down, but that might be a hard one to Plus, do Plus, big ones like that, chances are if you do a Google search, both you and I have already covered that in an official top ten anyway. All right. I got them. These are – these are weird this time, so I don't All know right, which one's going to pop for you. The top five most visually immersive game boards. The top five games based on a f- fictional city. Okay, we already did actual city. Oh, that's right, because you misunderstood, I think, from a previous one. Right. Hey, someone wrote down. Top five up-and-coming game designers. And the top five desert-themed games. Not dessert even if they meant even if they meant dessert, they wrote desert. <laughs> all right, then there you go. That's a tricky one. Um, Although, if you right. want to do dessert, I'll throw, you can have a fifth option here. <laughs> no, I think I'd, I, I honestly I, I like desert. We already did a food one anyway. I think a few weeks ago. Um, desert. Yeah, we did an actual food thing. I think is what we did. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Desert immersive boards. Man, I, 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 you know, I've, I've got the uh, recall of a goldfish. What were the other two? Immersive boards, deserts. Uh, fictional cities and up-and-coming designers. Up-and-coming designers. Deserts is really weird. That's a really, was, I don't know if that was the weird one. I kind of I kind of want to do that. I, actually, I'm going to do deserts. Yay! All right, top five <laughs> desert-themed games. Desert-themed games. And... All right, let's just get the easy one out of the way. Forbidden Desert. Okay, okay. I'm gonna. You don't. You don't. You dare not pause on that. Well, here's that the game. thing. That was not the first one that I thought of. I thought of Through the Desert, which is the second one. That's the obvious second one. So we're already <laughs> so, you know two fifths of the way. Fastest this. top five ever. All right. Yep. Through the Desert. Through the Desert, Forbidden Desert. I really think there should be a series of games where they make the same titles but change it to Dessert. Like, I want to play Forbidden Dessert and Through the Dessert. That's the sequel to Forbidden Dessert. Uh, We're waiting for another Forbidden game from Matt Leacock. Where is it? After uh, Sky. Forbidden Dessert. I like it. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm writing down the ones that people are saying uh, at, in the chat because why not? You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. here's – I'm not going to – we're not going to automatically call these yet. We're just going to write these down as time up. So obviously, Dune – is one that people yeah. are mentioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Kemet, because that also takes place in the desert. Sure. Camel Up. Um, of course. Tar- Targi. Oh, my uh, gosh. I'm going to fight you on that one if I have to. Thanks. Agizia. Yeah. Um, Jeez, uh, it didn't occur to me. I, I figured this would be a, a fertile valley, if you will, but, yeah, there's a lot. Five tribes, obviously. Oh, that yeah. Is, uh, Rommel, North Africa. No, I'm just going to veto that one right now. Uh, <laughs> Tales of well, Arabian Nights. I don't think that would make either of our lists. I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic for what it does. Babylonia. Does that take place in the desert? I don't think so. I think Babylonia takes place in the Tigris and Euphrates region. No, Babylon. Yeah, I think it does. I don't think that's desert area. Silver and gold. That's not desert. That's desert islands. That's deserted. Which, <laughs> that's that's slightly different. Terraforming Mars is not desert, I don't think. Has nobody um, mentioned Tigris Euphrates yet? No, but I'm not convinced. Tigris Euphrates is an extremely fertile area. That's not desert. That's well, the whole okay, point you of know it. What? Okay, okay. That's the whole point of it. It's the cradle I, of civilization. I'll, I'll accept that. You're right, of course. You're good point, ooh, good point, good point. Ooh, Terror Below. I didn't think about that one. That's that's true. That's the game based on Tremors. Have you seen that one? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. From Renegade, I think. Where you're driving around in Jeeps, basically. Yeah, it's basically just Tremors. Doing you know? your best Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon impersonation, whatever that might be. I just showed that to my kids, like, last week. They had never seen Tremors before. And oh. they were, they when they, Bert showed up, they're like, he's so stupid. Why won't he leave his house? And then when he pulled out all the guns, they're like, oh, that's, 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 that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> Bert's that kind of character who, like, if you knew him in real life, you would not like him at all. Like, at all. Yeah. Yeah. But in the movie, you're like, I'm glad he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Imhotep, I would also argue, is all about the river. And that's why I think, honestly, as much as I like Agizia, I think I we got to... I was just going to say, Agizia, yeah. 
We got it. Desert adjacent. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know that we need to do much more than this. Oh, Valley of the Kings. That's tombs, but. Yeah. Ooh, Thebes. It's... Thebes has desert. Thebes. It's in... Yeah, I mean, it obviously has a lot of not desert, too, but you really feel like you're going to the desert. And when you pull up a handful of nothing but sand out of that bag, you right, feel well... it. You feel that, that desert. I think you, you already said you'd fight me, but you didn't have to. I think we can agree okay. on Targi. Targi is Targi a great is game. Phenomenal. Targi's... Where is the expansion? It's Been coming. Been in Germany for years. It's coming this year. It's coming, but it got delayed because of the, all the quarantine and all that. But it's actually uh-huh. coming out this year. Um, uh-huh. I'm very excited about it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, that's three. Uh, honestly, it would be weird of us to not put five tribes on the list, I think. Do you not like Five Tribes? I, I, I thought Five Tribes was very, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I love Moncala's. It doesn't, is it really that deserty? Is well, it? there's Oasis, isn't it? I mean, that the only place that those can yeah, be yeah, is yeah, in the desert. desert. It, but, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's about the desert. It feels like it's about the people. All right. I mean, I that desert or, or Forbidden Desert, I mean, you feel that sand getting in all the bad crevices, you know? This is why I don't go to the beach, ever. <laughs> I like my it's chlorine it filled everywhere. Ah, now you're ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I did see somebody mentioned uh, terraforming Mars. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that. Mars right, is not okay. a desert. It has to be Earth deserts. It's just not. No one calls it the deserts. I guess I should say nobody, but yeah. it's not like I think people will when they start living there. Yeah, well, that's still at least five yeah. years away, right? Yeah. Uh, Amon Ray. Oh, Amon Ray has a lot of desert in it, but it also has a lot of oasises and green spots in it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah to you... me, that's what this... It, it, this has to really feel like it's all about the desert as opposed to just being in the desert or near the desert. You know, and then through the desert, I mean, yeah, it's... it's it. I mean, all those camels coming over there Thank and you, just Matthew. trying to chop up the desert. I mean, so you care about the desert. Actually, I've never played Dune. Is Dune really about the desert? Yes! Oh, my word, yes! There's sandworms in this whole thing, and it's, it's, yeah. uh, odd. I, uh, uh. You're very, are you excited enough to nominate Dune? I really am. I mean, I feel like that's the, the whole point is it's a desert planet. Arrakis yes. is a whole desert planet. Have you not seen the movies? Or I've read the seen, book? Uh, I will kill him! You know, I've, I, I can do my fair share of quotes. My name is a killing word. I, I, I get the basics. But if you're going to other planets, Mars is a desert. But specifically, this is called a desert world. It's <laughs> the front of the box shows desert and sandworms. Well, putting aside the desert, I mean, it's also, I mean, it's from the same um, designers as Cosmic Encounter, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. I think so. And, um, I mean, I think it's one of those seminal games that's really, really important in the overall evolution. You know, it's like a game that was literally decades ahead of its time, right? Yes. I'm just trying to uh, feel comfortable in accepting it if you nominate it, seeing as I've never played it, but I'm just trying to get it fixed in my head. Is that true? It is true. Well, the thing is, is I'm trying to think of another... I mean, I, I think we can get one more, but I think... Oh... Archaeology, the card game. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. And that's a great little game. That it has sandstorms in it. Love than it, gets. it has sandstorms and, yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. That's a good, um, that's a nice pull, I believe they say. Did all you right. want to throw in Kemet? I can't argue against Kemet. Oh, really? I thought you wouldn't like Kemet. I'm, I'm all for well, Kemet. I mean, I, I can go beyond just what I personally like. I can identify, and interestingly, I have played Kemet. That's the one with like the. Uh, I love the D4s as pyramids. I thought that was so cool. That is a cool That's idea. Perfect. When I first saw them, I'm like, you don't roll the dice? What is that? Oh, they're pyramids. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Also, D4s are the worst dice to roll. Yeah. So. And you've given me a few that you were a bit iffy on in the past, so I'm totally fine. I mean, Hooray! I can't deny Kemet gets so much love. All right, so we got Forbidden Desert, Through the Desert. Of course, they have desert in the names. Targi, yes. Kemet, yes. and Archaeology, the card game. Those okay. Are five, those are five games, all in the Dice Tower library. All excellent games. If I had to pick one to play right now, if there's only one person in the room, Targi. 
If there's more than one, probably through the desert. I, that's such a good game. Um, I, if I'm by myself, uh, Forbidden Desert. Because, I mean, I could play that game all day. I just love Have it so much. Have you played so it much. solo? I've never played it solo. Oh, yeah. Well, any, co- any co-op game can be a solo game. Yeah, you good point. Control good two point. characters. Yeah. All righty. All right. Well, hey, all that right. gives us plenty like of time that. for questions. I, I thought that was a good choice on my part. Well done, me. You're very smart. Yes. All right, folks. It is question time. Do you have a question for us? Let us know. And yep. we'll go through them as much as we can. We got 30 minutes, so that's at least I can't keep making the same joke. So um, it, it continues to be true. <laughs> that's true. Last time I said it, then we answered like three questions. Yep. <laughs> Ten minutes per question. We will set the record straight. Oh, whatever Todd. Todd said, Fog of Love, it's a desert for me. Come on, Todd. No. Oh, no. Don't worry, buddy. You keep plugging away. All right. Monica wants to know our favorite sea animal. Our favorite sea animal. Well, I mean, uh, my, my immediate response was dolphin, but we watched, uh, my wife loves veterinary shows, and there's a new one, um, Alaska Animal Rescue, and the episode we watched last night was almost entirely devoted to um, our little baby two-day year or two-day-old otter that they rescued and grew to full adulthood and let go, and that otter, we all fell in love with that otter, so... You can't oh, go man. by baby. So you go amazing. by baby anything. Oh, then you say the otter, and I'll say dolphin. There we go. Then we got okay. it covered. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. William wants us to predict the future. Will 2021 be an overly crowded new game market? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know that it would be overly crowded. Uh, any more well, than it already level- is. It's impossible for the market to be overly crowded as long as board games keep growing as fast as they are, right? Um, I mean, it's overly crowded if there are not people to buy the games. That's when crowding comes in. Just because, oh, because we, as board game geeks, have this crazy obsession with, we must play every single game that comes out. It seems overcrowded to us, but no, I mean, we're still making huge leaps and bounds. It's becoming more and more part of the zeitgeist. So... I don't think we can overcrowd the market at this point, but that's just a uh, cheap diversionary tactic to not actually predict the future and be wrong. I, but you have a tendency to do this, so knock yourself out, buddy. Yeah, my tendency is awful, though, because I went back and watched my top 10 predictions for 2020, and one yep. was like, the conventions this year will be bigger than ever. I feel like that may have been wrong, slightly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I know, I know what William's asking. You know, he's saying basically, hey, is there going to be this sudden? Everyone has to make up for lost time. I'm yeah. going to go with. Well, and no. you can also say there's a whole bunch of people stuck at home, and our designs designers going overtime now, and there's going to be a lot more just fertile ground for stuff. There's a lot of reasons. I'm My expectation no. would be no. I, I hate to be a downer, but I think the economy is still going to be recovering for a long time. And that's going to affect everybody, including board games, when well, it falls right down to it. Let me temper that by saying, even though I don't think it'll be an overly crowded new game market, I think there will be plenty of amazing games. Yes. If only because I can just look at the Kickstarters that are going on right now that are going to be mm-hmm. coming out in 2021. So there's a lot yeah. of cool ones. So don't feel like there'll be nothing new. Yeah. I mean, I was in the video game industry for 20 years, and it was definitely a truism um, that in times of financial uncertainty and economic downturn, being in the entertainment industry is always one of the safest bets because people will always seek out entertainment to take them for, away from their woes. And I guess that probably applies towards board gaming as well. All righty. Greg wants to know, do you like games with printed paper currency or money tokens? Now, obviously, I like tokens over paper, but let's make this a little trickier. Do you like card money or token money? I was going to be a rebel and say, I actually kind of like paper money. Yeah, I know. So that's boring to be a rebel. But, <laughs> but let's Me say... Me and Freedom and Freeze, the only two in the world. No, you're not the only two. There's going to be like six people in chat now who say they also like paper money. Always happens. Um, um, card money. I do like that. I like card money because I, even though I'm not a big fan of paper money, it, also, it often has to do with the paper itself. 
if paper yes, money was the same, money. yeah, if paper money was the same paper as say U.S. currency, which is very durable, right? I yeah. would have no problem with it. So to that end, I tend to like card money over tokens because, well, first of all, tokens people sit there and they play with them the whole time. Yeah, cards are also easier to hide um, if they all have the same back. Yeah. I, I tend to like stuff like that, and there's just something satisfying about seeing a five hundred dollar card. I, 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 you know, it's it's a nice halfway because you kind of get that almost tactile feeling of yeah, this is more like real money because I know what real money is in real life. It comes on bills. Now here's the deal: we need to get from Jakey, Jamie Stegmeyer and Stonemeyer Games a uh, release of crazy over-the-top paper money. That, you know, the same way he does his r- rules manuals now for Wingspan and Tapestry, you know, where the whole thing is linen finished and it just feels so opulent, I want some paper bills like that that I can play in any game. All right. The one time I liked paper money a ton was in that game that you turned me on to. Uh-oh. Which, no, 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 because I never even heard of the game, uh, uh, Millennium Blades. Where the money oh, is gosh, packaged yes. together into that fat really stacks cool. of cash. Fat stacks, yeah. <laughs> and it's, that was awesome. It's, it's awesome until you actually have to, to wrap them in uh, the stickers yourself. Well, that's, that's what you have interns for. Indeed. So speaking of that, today is a great day. Oh. I bought my third oldest daughter. She likes to paint things. So I bought her a, a miniature painting kit. She painted her first miniature today. And it looks better than any miniature I've ever painted, which is hard for sure. Oh my gosh, sure. that's fantastic! It's not. I mean, it's don't get me wrong. I'm not. You know, it's not like super great, but for a first time miniature, it's great. And I said, "Do you like doing this? Because that's important." And she said, "Yes." Yeah. And I said, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Let me show you something. <laughs> so, this is your life until you go away to college. Now, I'm also paying her for it, so there's that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Any, I mean, I have to admit, I'm kind of jealous. I think it would be something that I mean, it's. It's all on the list of things to do. And and we've talked about this before. I hate gray unpainted minis. I, at the very least, I just need to learn the basics so you can do what's that, that, that wash that just instantly gives a gray mini, you know, depth and flavor. And, you know, and uh, apparently that's really easy to do. Apparently. and uh, But some companies, I like when companies do it automatically. So, like, anything that comes from uh, um, Awakened Realms, they have yes. their... Sun drop, they call it, and they just look so much better. It looks yeah. so much better. Kemet stuff had that done. Anytime a, a company does it automatically, I'm so happy because they just yeah. they look more than twice as good. Yeah, I think that's worth putting an extra five bucks on the cost of the game to get that, just because it'll Im- increase the quality the, and the play forever. I mean, Aftermath did the same. It has some lovely miniatures. So I, I just yeah. really like that. More of that, publishers, so I don't have to learn how to do it. Devin wants to know, have you ever played all the Carcassonne expansions in one game? I guess a better question, because there's so many come out, right? So let's say, what's the most you've played within a game? Um, I have to admit, I'm a Carcassonne Castle guy. I, like, so you never played the original? I, I have played the original. I played the original. No, I, I was introduced to uh, you know, Car- uh, Carcassonne Castle. And we loved it. It's still one of our favorite games to this day, but it's two-player only. And eventually I thought, well, I guess I should try the original. And I thought, yeah, this is okay, but it's so inferior, so inferior to Carcassonne Castle that I I think I still own it. And it, that box probably has not been opened for eight or nine years. I don't even know what's in there. Probably don't want to look. I've played with probably ten expansions at once. Mm. Um, wow. However, I only did, did this with my wife. Yes, I only did it with my wife uh, because I didn't want to have other people involved. So, and I found online somewhere where they printed out a rule book that had everything in it. But it was essentially draw a tile. Oh, was that one do again? And we looked it up because there's so many tiles at that point in time. Oh, sure, it's yeah. probably too much. I still have all my Carcassonne stuff mixed together. That is not in the Dice Tower Library. That's in the Tom Vassell personal collection. Just all my Carcassonne stuff because you can't put it in the library. It's too much. Yeah. Um, all right. If, is there a game you would like to do this with? Someday I feel like I am going to do it with Pandemic. And just Play turn everything? on everything. And just Spe- go insane. Speaking of Because we know go- Pandemic so well. I, fig- I feel like it's something that we could actually do, and it would be a really interesting novelty that we might actually enjoy. Uh, something I'd play with everything. I think I've done Arcadia Quest with almost everything. Uh... Mm. 
That's interesting. I'll you have to do your response list to uh, Z, by the way. He ranked all the pandemics. Yes. Yeah. He didn't do it right, though. He took That's the easy saying. way out. Oh, I think he should have broken it down to individual mechanisms within. Oh, the my expansion. word. All right. Well, that's your And I, that there, I just gave you a video idea. All right. Big, big, biz ghost says personal opinion, as all our question answers are. Indeed. No, no, no. I'm going to be uh, entirely objective. And uh, <laughs> what's the biggest missteps of freshman developers? Deve- oh, uh, biggest missteps. I mean, you'll have more of an opinion on this. Thing is how you're still kind of a freshman developer yourself, and I know you have one big regret. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, I don't develop. I. I think there's a difference between a designer and a developer, but I think yeah, the biggest I assume thing you is just means game developers in general. But if you want to talk specifically about editors or developers, that's a very specific question. The lack of belief in that less is more, essentially, like mm-hmm. the idea that we can't cut this. Uh, you you can cut stuff. It will not make a game worse, usually. Eric Lang yeah. and other designers have talked about this all the time. Like, you know, you, you love this mechanism and you love it because it's cool. But sometimes by cutting it, it makes the game smoother and better. And I found, to me, what I found is problematic is for second designers or redesigners, listening to a rabbit fan base of a very small minutia is a big misstep because they'll be like, oh, you guys like this game? We're going to make an expansion that adds tons more stuff, makes the game three times as long and more complicated, and super fans of the game will love it, and no one else will ever play it. Yeah. And I feel like that happens sometimes. And that's, once you do yeah. that, you can't, you can't reel that in. Yeah, and, uh, and you're right. And that's definitely a trap that I think even seasoned developers can fall into very quickly and very easily. That you end up just targeting, you know, a segment and make a game. Well, it's great for them, but that's as far as you're going to take it. Those are excellent answers. I don't know if I could top those. I, in refer, reference to you, I was referring to rule books specifically, because I know you on uh, you. You decided. I know this game. You know, uh, nothing personal. Better than anyone. Who better now, to write the rule book than me? Oh no. I like to be clear. I didn't decide okay. that. I was just assigned the task of writing the rule book. I despised every second of it. I hated it. I sent the rule book out to hundreds of people who sent me back. It was not fun. It reminded me of the same feeling when I would write a paper in college and yeah. give it to the teacher and it came back covered with red. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? 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 And then, or my wife, she would edit my stuff and then I come back like, oh, I got to fix all this. And that's how this felt. And it was just, to me, it's not a fun process at all. Yeah. Uh, I disliked it a lot. And yes, find a good rules writer. The easiest way, look at rule books that you like of games. Look and for the name on those. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. All right. Anthony says, what's been your favorite episode of SGN, Tom? And have you watched it, Rado? I'm assuming... SGN, is that that's Stargate, isn't it? No, I think this is Some Good News from John Krasinski. Oh, Some Good News with John Krasinski. Well, I think um, he's only done like six episodes, I think. Something so my, like that. My favorite would be the last one, I think, the, 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 the wedding episode where the office reunited. Slightly. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I appreciate what he's doing. I think it's great. And I, th- I especially like the fact that he gives shout outs to other people that are already doing it. And he's very conscious of not trying to steal the limelight because just because he's a big celebrity and he is kind of, you know, the the 500-pound gorilla in the room. And, in fact, there's lots of people. And he gives shout I, I think that's great. Honestly, I'll, I, I've watched the first couple, and then I unsubscribed because I think they were a bit... Uh, saccharine is the wrong word, but, oh, man, they were... We're going to be so happy here. <laughs> and I don't know. I guess maybe it's... I guess uh, I, I just I, love... It, it, was a bit, it was a bit overwhelming for me. Wow. That's really... Really sappy if, if Rada thinks you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I appreciate that he's doing it. I think it's fantastic. And I love that he gives shout-outs to everybody else, too. All right. Here's an interesting one. What's your favorite childhood vacation? Oh. Um, for me, I don't know if you've ever seen National Lampoon's Vacation, the first one. Chevy Chase, I, Beverly D'Angelo. Indeed, um, I have. Yes. My parents, at one point... Um, decided before we before the movie came out, we're gonna drive cross country 
from California to Florida. So we can go to Disney World. And pretty much almost every single thing that happens to the Griswolds happened to us at one point or another. Not necessarily in the same order. And um, Please you say know, the dog parents, thing didn't happen. Um, no, no. Like I said, almost everything. But we broke down in the middle of nowhere. Um, we got, we drove hundreds of miles out of the way. I think it was to go see Carlsbad Caverns, and when we got there, it was closed. And that um, precipitated a meltdown. And um, I remember at one point, we were in Florida, and we'd had a flat tire, and we were on the side of the road, and the tire accidentally, the replacement tire rolled down into the swamp, and I had to go get it. And my mom, to, to this day, tells me how terrified she was I was going to get eaten by an alligator. Just so many insane, insane things happened. Um, we got kicked out of Reno as a family. It's like... Um, Wait, I want to... Right, like, reverse this. You got, kicked out of, us? you got kicked out of Reno? Yeah. Um, specifically, we uh, very late, very tired of driving. And so um, I think my dad, we just pulled into one of the casino parking lots, you know, floor six, way in the back. And we were in a, we were in a station wagon, just like the Griswold station wagon, huge thing. And we just bunkered down for the night. And three o'clock in the morning, security guards, I don't know how they found us. They found us and said, OK, you're, you're, you're going to have to leave. And so we were just all just barely groggy. And we're like, well, I guess Reno doesn't like us. So... Um, yeah, it was a nightmare. Oh, and the crazy in-laws that we stayed with. It didn't Wait. go quite as dark again. I'd like to point out that someone asked what your favorite childhood vacation was. I, I, I have to look back on it. And it's just <laughs> now it's just I can't believe all that stuff happened. At the time, if you'd asked, I doubt it would have been. But now I look back on that with great fondness. All Well, I have nothing to say now after that. OK, for me, it was Idlewood Park, which is in West Pennsylvania. Okay. That was that was fun. Never mind. All right. <laughs> are you reading any books currently? I'm sure you are. I'm reading currently a book called uh, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. It was a Hugo Award winner, so mm-hmm. I don't know much about that. It's about I'm not far enough into the story. It's about a, a young lady who joins a, a ship that drills wormholes into space so no oh, that's very cool it sounded interesting enough that i'm trying it and so far so good i am rereading the rule book for yinsi because that's all the reading i do and so, you know, what oh never mind keep going i was gonna ask you about oh, i was game. just gonna see so here's the deal growing up I used to be such a bookworm. My, my mom said I missed my entire childhood because I had it behind the pages of a book. And, you know, I, and when we lived on the boat, I had nothing to read but my parents' books. So I learned so much from Catch-22 and uh, the collected works of John Steinbeck. And I went off to college, and I was still such a bookworm. But I found all the newest, hottest books that were coming out. I couldn't afford to buy the hardback, and I didn't want to wait to get it for free from the library. And in the University District of Washington, there was a bookstore that rented hardback books for people like me who were so desperate to lee, read the latest Ken Follett novel or whatever. And I would pay, I would rent books. But when I got into the video game industry and started just crunching for years at a time, it just slowly fell off, slowly fell off. And I thought, well, you know what? Sooner or later, someday, I'm not going to be crunching for 50 uh, weeks out of the year and I'll get to start reading, which is my first love. And what do I do, Tom? What do I do? I finally get out and I come into this industry and now I spend all of my free time reading rule books. Either ones for games I'm about to play or because I'm evaluating um, rule books to see if I want to cover a game that a publisher wants to send me. The last book I read was years ago. I uh, got a gift e-reader, a little portable one. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. Okay, this is some cool new tech. And I read The Road by John Cormack, and it was amazing. Obviously, insanely bleak, insanely depressing, but I was so in love with it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to start reading again. I'm going to carry this with me everywhere. And I uh, was reading something else. I don't remember what, but I had a business trip, and I was reading, waiting for the uh, carousel for my luggage to show up, and I briefly put it down to go get the bag, and when I came back, it was gone. And I haven't read anything since. That's my. <laughs> that that's thief my story, stole not only your book but your but your love for reading. All right. Exactly. Fine. How crazy is that? 
Oh, anyway, I was gonna, you talk about rule books. I just got a board game in the mail called Dungeon Univer- Universalis. I think, yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. The I box. That one. The box is the same size as Gloomhaven, but it's yep. like he was like Isaac put that much content. We could do more. The, there's multiple rule books the size of like RPG books. It's essentially an RPG in a box. I don't know if I'm going to get to it because of the immense amount of rules involved. I think that's how, Tom, that's how we'll know we have finally arrived. We've reached the true pinnacle of our current profession when we hire full-time professional rules readers for us. (laughs) That would be an awful job, though. Uh, (sighs) Hey, yo, uh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, you know? All right. Has anyone here ever planted a vegetable garden? Uh, My wife has. We actually did one a couple weeks ago. I'm about to go out and take some pictures to send to all my backers. Uh, But, yeah, that's her. I have nothing to say about that. All right. Favorite 007 movie? Oh. Maybe it's from Russia with Love for me. Um, Honestly, GoldenEye was criminally underrated. Goldeneye is such a fantastic, it was such an amazing introduction to Pierce Brosnan. It did everything well. There's that one moment when he's in the middle of a shootout in some Russian location and he's hiding behind a pillar and, um, you know, there, there's a, you know, a gunshot, it's it exposed the pillar and it's like a big, a bunch of marble and, and, and Brosnan just goes like that. And that was just such the epitome of cool, calm, collected stuff. I loved Goldeneye and it was such, had such promise for him as the new Bond, but then they just got worse and worse and worse and more and more silly so that by the end, he's, um, you know, surfboarding a tsunami and somehow they thought that was a good idea. Um, but in, in retrospect, it just makes GoldenEye so much better. Also, Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig, that had to be one of my first introductions to, wow, what can you do in a cinematic setting with parkour? You know, that whole opening sequence where you know the the villain is just doing all this amazing stuff, and Daniel Craig is just smashing through walls like the Hulk. Um, so I love that one. But um, I See, don't remember which sure, one it is. I'm pretty sure people ask what your favorite was. Not a not a ranking list here. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, narrowing it down to three. I feel like that's what was said. I don't remember which one it was, but it was a Roger Moore one, and it was uh, you know after he'd done all the really insane, crazy stuff with Moonraker, he had one where it got back to basics. And I remember there was this one sequence where he was chasing a car, and the car was having to go back and forth, back and forth, up these winding Italian roads or something. And Roger Moore was just having to run in a straight line to catch him. And I mean, and you could just feel how exhausting it was and how gritty it was. And he finally got up to the top and he caught him. And then he puts his foot on the car and just shoves it over the side. That I don't remember which one it was, but I really like that one. Um, but I think since I can't, I mean, it would probably be that one if I could remember the name, but that's more from my childhood as an adult. Um, yeah, I mean, GoldenEye was, it was peak perfection for uh, the, the line between realistic and grounded and modern and timely, but still kind of absurd and over the top and Pierce Brosnan, nobody ever did it better than he did in that one movie. Nobody. Okay. (laughs) Anyhow, let's jump back to games. Favorite Sid Saxon game? Oh. So the easy answer here is probably a choir, but... Uh, I was going to say, that's the only one I've played. Uh, it might not be the only one you've played. Are oh, you sure? Oh, on. Well, let me quick pull up Sid Saxon here as a... Uh, to the Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek, as always. All right, Sid Saxon has designed 128 games. Ooh, there's Can't Stop is possibly his most popular game, actually. Sure. Let's see. Number of ratings. No, it's a choir. Can't stop. I'm the boss. I'm going to go with Sleuth. I love Sleuth. That is a hmm. hardcore deduction game. I yeah. would like to try that someday. Just don't play it with seven people. It will make your brain explode. Yeah. And some, and I would like to play Can't Stop with you someday just so I can watch the fireworks. <laughs> it's, you're going to win. It's, it's a session. guaranteed. It's a guaranteed win. Unless, unless of course, it's my time. Yep, finally. Someday, Tom. Someday your time will come. Uh, can you guys tell me the difference between adventure games versus dungeon crawlers? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, this, one's, this one's easy. I mean, a dungeon crawler is essentially about your party of characters, usually. Sometimes it's one, but usually multiple people going through a dungeon from room to room, getting treasure, yep. fighting enemies, whatever. An adventure is a much broader view, usually. You're walking across a big map. Um, 
and things will happen to you across the map. And you still might go into dungeons in an adventure game, but it's more of a macro look at the genre. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's all about the scope and the scale. If you go on an adventure, I mean, you've got to think, you know, the journey in Lord of the Rings. It, that is an adventure because you journey from place to place and you have lots of stuff along the way. I mean, I guess a dungeon crawl is kind of like a hyper-focused adventure, but it, it, it feels like a very different thing because it's just all about this one moment in time representing, you know, maybe a couple of hours of lives uh, of, of the lives of these people trying to stay alive. Whereas an adventure game is epic in its scope and its scale. You will travel from one side of a continent to another. You will have stirring moments of of uh, of love and, and epic betrayals. And, you know, that, that's it's, it's all about, you know, the big over the top stuff. Runebound and um, and all the rest of it. Those are adventure games. I. It then you get it's sometimes it's hard to classify a game. Like I'm sure people might argue with me here, but I would argue that Gloomhaven is a dungeon crawl rather than an adventure game because even though there is things yes. that happen between dungeons, yes. they're more like a setup for the dungeon exactly. rather than an actual dungeon. Gloomhaven is a dungeon crawl with a uh, with, with a with a light sprinkling of adventure feely stuff, but it is not an adventure game. Definitely. Speaking of Gloomhaven, I can smell the new one somewhere in the world. It's coming soon. I'm excited yes, about it. Yes, I, they just told me that I'll be getting one very soon, and I'm looking forward to covering it next month. I am actually. I'm I am really, really pumped about it. I'm very excited too because you know, Jen and I we had taken a break from Gloomhaven. I uh, hadn't played it for over a year. And then, um, you know, they, they sent me the Frosthaven prototype so I could cover it when it was on Kickstarter. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. I have to finish Gloomhaven. Because we were like three missions away from finishing the main storyline. Turned out, nope, it was a surprise. It was more like six missions. And so we had to, like, do this marathon so we could finish the story before we play Frosthaven. And then we get Frosthaven and uh, get the new characters. And they're so much more complex and heavy than what was in Gloomhaven. And uh, I liked it, but my wife's like, oh my gosh, this might be too much. So I'm very much looking forward to kind of taking a step back with Jaws of the Lion and just like, you know what? Let's just have a nice, gentle intro- reintroduction to Gloomhaven I don't even and know my way I, through it. I've deliberately kept my knowledge of Jaws of the Lion down. Like, I don't know how much, quote unquote, how dumbed down it is. I haven't really looked yeah. into it. Do you know As I understand it, there's... A, 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 a couple dozen missions. It's not as big as regular Gloomhaven. And the missions start out very simple. And with every subsequent mission, another feature of the game gets turned on. So by the time you have finished this campaign, this mini campaign, you are playing full on Gloomhaven and you're ready to jump up to the main games. Man, I'm telling you, as soon as this comes in, I'm playing it. I'm really yeah. excited about this. Uh, Maybe that's... you will play it with your coworkers for a change as well. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Maybe. And had it been any other year than 2020, that would have been a whole lot easier to say, right? That's a fair point. Yes. I Okay. Ah! Okay, but it's a good day. All righty. Let's see. If, is, let me see if I can find a question we can answer in two minutes. All right. Oh, we've got two minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this hour always goes by really fast. Um, yes. Uh, okay, there we go. If your hometown contacted you about naming something after you, street, building, etc., what would you want it to be? Knight's Landing, California wanted to name something after me. Uh, I, I would be weirded out, first of all, but I would pick a, a park or a playground. Um, I don't even know if it exists because I haven't been back to Knight's Landing, California for 40-some years. But I have very fond memories. There was a uh, boat launching ramp there. And I, don't know if, I don't know if it's town's name, boat launching ramps, but that had a lot, has a lot of meaning for me. And so I would love that. That's fine. That's a that is an excellent answer there. Boat launching ramp, uh, ham, ham. <laughs> there you go. And people come to launch their boats like, why is this called the ham ramp? What does this mean? The ham ramp. Uh, okay. Well, all right, folks. There you go. So lots of things uh, coming up in the future. Rado, what's what are you doing on your channel coming up? Um, well, actually, if uh, you head over to my channel right now, I just, uh, right before we started this, put up part two of my top ten must-have games, uh, which I did five years ago, and I wanted to revisit it because now is a perfect time because we're kind of all living in bunkers, as it turns out right now, and if I had to pick ten, ten games 
for the rest of my life. And that's it. That's what this list is. And it was a lot of fun because I did it with my two new contributors to my channel, Shea Parker and uh, Ryan Crichton. So all three of us spent three hours, Tom, three hours listing our uh, 30 or so games. There were some overlaps. And that was a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. I'll have to watch that at some point when I have three yep. hours to... YouTube does support double speed. They do. Speed. I try not to do it so that when I meet someone in real life, I'm not thrown off by their voice. <laughs> um, there have been some people, though, who were so slow, I did it for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so from us, folks, to, um, tomorrow we're doing crowd surfing where we take a look at the newest things. Thursday, we're going to be taking a look at all the Spielis Yaris uh, winners from the last 41 years. Oh. And we're going to do a. Oh, wow. We're going to do what a... About Kenner? Just only focusing on the spiel and ignoring just, the Kenner spiel? Split? Just this particular one. Just all the okay. spiels. 41, double elimination, 41, terminate bracket. And we're going to see Ooh, which one comes cool. out ahead. That's a great idea. And we're going to also see if we can get it done in a reasonable amount of time. So, yeah. Um, all right. And then, of course, our daily chats every night. So, 9 o'clock. Hope to see you then. That's it, folks, for this time. Thank you, Rado, as always. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And we'll see yep. you next time. And we'll time. see you next week on my channel. That's Same right. corner to corner time, but different corner to corner channel. Until next time, I'm Tom Vassell. I'm Rado. Have fun gaming. Bye.